0: All right. Wow. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, turn this bad boy down a little bit. Um, anyone uh, Anyone eat any Polynesian sauce? I feel like that's a big question. You did? Wow. I always wonder, they always give us like 300 Polynesian sauces and we have like 298 left over. So we found one of them. Wow. Did anyone else? Oh, okay. Like four people. That's cool. Yeah. I, uh, I took a Chick-fil-A sauce at like 11.30, because I knew they'd be gone. So, I know, it was selfish. was desire of the flesh acted on it. <laughs> I, I repent, yes. Um, well, good to see you guys. Uh, I think I can start, right? So, I guess, yeah. Um, so, uh, this is the listening to fight, or learning to fight by listening to the Spirit. So, if you're not, that wasn't what you signed up for. You're in the wrong room. But you can stay. Maybe the Spirit wanted you to be here, and you listened. So, let's go. Praise God. Um, so I uh, what we're going to do is um, we'll talk a little bit about how to actually hear from the Spirit and some, like, practicals with that, um, some barriers to it. Uh, and then we're actually going to spend a little time um, practicing that by just praying over one another. So we'll kind of split up and do that, and I'll walk you through that. So I'm excited for that time, really expectant for the Spirit to use it. Um, but I actually, when I was praying about this— uh, really a few days ago, um, I was really thinking, okay, they're coming to this because they want to hear, and they want to understand how to hear from the Spirit, so let's get really practical. But then I really felt um, like the Spirit was prompting me to say, like, in order for them to understand how to hear from me, they have to understand who I am. Uh, Because if you think about it, your perception of someone really shapes how you expect to hear from them, right? So I had this chemistry professor uh, my freshman year at UNC. um, And from this stage, like when he was teaching, he was super funny. He wore like Batman t-shirts. And I was like, I totally could relate to this guy, you know? Um, And I was very confused all of chemistry class, all the time, every day. Uh, So one day about midway through the semester, after I failed the first two exams, I thought, that guy seems relatable. I'll go to office hours and talk to him. So I went to office hours, and I was like, hey... This question on the homework, I have no idea what's going on. And he looked at me, and he was like, uh, "You need to get your ch- together because any of your other classmates would know how to answer that. So go talk to them." And I was like, "Oh gosh." <laughs> uh, he actually ended up getting fired, and I, I still I still feel the class. And but uh, it was good because I knew I didn't want to do chemistry after that, so it was very confirming. Um, but my perception of him was. Uh, uh, oh, he would be, uh, you know, nice and jovial. So I went and talked to him, but obviously that was not how he was. Um, but your perception of who the Holy Spirit is is really going to shape how you hear from him. Um, so if, you're, if your perception of the Holy Spirit is that he's a demanding commander whose role is just to convict you uh, and ask you to do a bunch of stuff or makes you feel bad when you don't do what you're supposed to, then you'll expect to hear from him in that way, right? So you'll just expect to hear kind of demands, um, and you won't expect or recognize uh, when he's actually trying to speak words of joy or comfort, or comfort or life over you. Or if your perception is that he's this kind of mystical power out there that does a bunch of miracles, uh, then you'll just expect to hear from him when it comes to big signs and wonders, but miss out on a lot of the day-to-day, more ordinary ways that he's speaking. Um, so we want to we really scripture to inform us on, on who is the Holy Spirit and what he does. So I'm going to run through that. Fairly quick, and then we'll talk about how to hear from him, and then we'll kind of practice that. So, who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, well, first, he is God. Uh, so, um, that's pretty pretty key there. He's God. Uh, Genesis 1-2, he's there in the beginning, hovering over the waters. He creates the world with God, and uh, he's mighty, and he's powerful. Um, but the Holy Spirit, he's God, but he's also a person. And I think a lot of times you understand he's God, but this, this is the one that kind of sometimes we maybe un- unknowingly kind of uh, fail to see. So, have you ever seen Star Wars? Um, any, any, like, big Star Wars fans out there? Nice, the same ones who like Polynesian sauce, probably. Awesome. Um, so, in Star Wars, there's the force, right? Where this kind of this, like, uh, you can't really see it. It's just this, like, energy that, you know, you can draw things to yourself. Everyone knows about the force. And sometimes I think we see the Holy Spirit like that. He's like this kind of uh, impersonal force that we can just kind of... Uh, Access at will and then use to get, you know, what we want or whatever. Um, So he's like a kind of like, you know, the gas to help fuel the Christian life, like an electrical outlet we plug into and live a supercharged supernatural life. Um, So he's like this impersonal force that gives us, you know, uh, powers or something. But it's important to see from Scripture he's not an impersonal force that you can just use for your own purposes, but he's a personal being that you're in relationship with. Uh, and you actually see this in all throughout scripture. I think I have some on there. Um, I'm not going through each of these scriptures just because we don't have time, but you can write them down and uh, look at these. Uh, they're really helpful. Um, but John 14, 26 uh, talks about how he's a helper, but it he uses the word he to describe the Holy Spirit, not it. And if you notice, a lot of times when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we refer to him as an it, right? Like um, it's a, you know, whatever. So, and you'll notice that in, in the way we talk about him. But he, is a person who wants to be in relationship with you. And the Bible says we can grieve him, right? So he, like, he has emotions. Uh, so Ephesians 4.30 talks about that. Um, so, of course, we're going to be frustrated uh, in our relationship with the Spirit um, or, or not hear from him if we treat him just like this impersonal force to meet our demands rather than a person to be relational with. So that's a question I, um, I talk to people about the Holy Spirit a lot as I ask. Like, do you see him as an impersonal force or as a person uh, to be in relationship with. But last, the Holy Spirit. Um, so he's, he's God, he's a person, but central to all of this is he indwells believers. Um, what I mean by that is he, like God himself, actually lives in us. So I don't have time to do this, but it's amazing to go through all of scripture and see the theme of the presence of God and how in the beginning, you know, there's God with Adam and Eve that's broken. So then there's the temple, then there's the tabernacle, um, and then Jesus comes. And then what happens? Jesus says, when I leave, then the Holy Spirit will come among them, right? So the Holy Spirit is uh, really what Scripture has been pointing to all along. That He was going to come and be with us. And so um, this is actually, like, this is crazy. And if that doesn't blow your mind, then it's probably because we don't recognize the weight or the gravity of it, right? Like, it's insane that the God of the universe who uh, spoke and, you know, the waters were parted, who holds glaciers, like, in the palm of his hand, that same God actually lives in you. And if we actually believed that, like, imagine the courage and the confidence and the power uh, that we would walk in, right? But oftentimes, we just kind of forget who it is that actually dwells in us. Um, so that's insane, but he dwells with us. So that's who he is, and then... Um, what he actually does. So I'll put a list up here. I'm not going to go through these in depth. This is just a few. Um, there are other things that he does. This isn't comprehensive. But one of the most important things that the Holy Spirit does is he glorifies Christ. So John 16:14 says, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the primary, but not the only, but the primary aim of the Spirit is to glorify Christ and to follow him is to seek to glorify Christ in all areas of life. So any, under, any like um, understanding of the Spirit that makes a bigger deal about the Spirit than Jesus is not a proper understanding of the Spirit, right? Because the Spirit exists to exalt Christ. It's not an inferior, superior kind of thing. It's just a matter of roles. Like the Spirit exists to exalt Christ. So the more you walk by the Spirit, the more you fall in love with Jesus to the glory of God the Father. Um, but then the second, conviction of sin. So John sixteen eight says he convicts the world concerning uh, sin. And so he's the one who, you know, like when, if you have the Holy Spirit, you'll sometimes feel that check in your soul, like, ah, probably shouldn't do this. That's probably the Holy Spirit uh, saying, no, uh, stay away from it, right? That's the Holy Spirit's conviction. Um, or when you say something, or do something, um, uh, you know, then that you shouldn't have and he convicts you. Uh, you know, to repent, that's that's also him. So uh, the Holy Spirit, conviction, guidance and wisdom. So he leads and guides you when you don't know what to do. Um, and that's why like all throughout, especially Acts, uh, where you really see the Holy Spirit at work, um, you see them talking about like the comfort of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit as a helper. Uh, and Jesus says he's a helper in John uh, 16. And so he's a, he's a helper, he's a guide, he leads you when you don't know what to do. And that is incredibly comforting for me. Uh, I I mean, day after day, I ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, guide me and lead me because I need your help and I don't know what to do. Um, So incredibly comforting, the God of the universe is the one guiding and leading you. Illumination, so this uh, is a fancy word, but it basically just means the Holy Spirit makes the word of God come alive to you. So if you've ever had an experience where you're reading the Bible and you're like, this feels um, uh, like I don't understand it, feels kind of dry, Uh, you know, what's kind of going on here. Um, When you have the experience of kind of things start to click, you know, and you're like, whoa, this is amazing. This isn't just like, you know, some outdated truth. This is like relevant to my life. It's, you probably had that moment where, um, not always, but when it's almost like the lights come on, uh, that's the Holy Spirit making the Word of God come alive uh, to you. So um, 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 13, it, it highlights this, that uh, the Spirit has been given us that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Verse 13 says, We impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So it's spiritually discerned, which means you can't expect to understand or even enjoy God's Word apart from the Holy Spirit. So I would encourage everyone, before you open up your Bible, ask the Holy Spirit, Give me eyes to see and a heart to believe and feel. Not just see, but feel these truths. Psalm 34, 8 says, uh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It doesn't just say know and believe, right? Because the role of the Holy Spirit is to take that knowledge and then turn it into like a felt awareness, um, and make it come alive in your heart. So, um, if you've ever been frustrated after reading God's word, uh, that is normal, um, but ask the Holy Spirit for help to really help, uh, you understand it. Because that's what he does. That's one of his big roles, um, so next is experiential love, uh, Romans 5.5. 5, it says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I kind of like explaining this. Um, it's kind, this is kind of like the difference between uh, getting a postcard of someone who is like on the beach, right? You see this picture, it looks nice. Um, you know, they've got their little umbrella. It's awesome. Um, and you're kind of like, Oh, that's cool. But that's different than actually being on the beach, feeling the sand on your toes, feeling the rays on you, right? Drink in hand. Um, right. Like a, you know, uh, Sprite or something probably I'm sure. Uh, but very different, um, because you're actually experiencing. So it's taking what you know is true, but then making it a reality and a felt, uh, experience. Um, so, uh, that's what the Spirit does. Uh, and then bold witness, he empowers us to testify boldly to the truth of the gospel. Um, power, He the essence of the Christian life really is, I can't, but he can. Uh, so any moment you feel weak and like you can't, you ask the Holy Spirit um, uh, for help and for power, and he empowers you for all he calls you to do. Assurance, uh, this is one of the most comforting ones also. Like Ephesians 13, it talks about how he seals us by the Holy Spirit. Um, It says we're like, his spirit is given to us as a down payment to guarantee what's to come. So essentially, what God is saying is the reason you can know that the work I began, I'm going to complete and carry to completion, is because I've given you the Holy Spirit uh, as a down payment, right? So if you ever doubt your assurance of salvation or anything like that, you can say, well, the Holy Spirit is in me, so I know I'll be carried to the end. Um, so, assurance, then he gives us gifts. Uh, this is amazing that to every single person in this room, he is uniquely given um, a, really, this is just a manifestation of his presence. Uh, so a, a gift of the spirit is basically you saying um, here 's a gift that God has given me to show you that he is real you know so when you 're operating in your gifts you 're showing off like the presence of the spirit of God, uh, which is wild but um, so he gives us all of these gifts, and First Corinthians 12 talks a lot about those. Um, and then he produces the fruits of the Spirit, like I talked about earlier, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, um, goodness, self-control, gentleness, faithfulness, um, which who doesn't want those? Uh, so now, that's who, who he is, what he does. So now for a little more of the practicals of how does he speak and how do we hear him? So first, his word. Um, he speaks through his word. Kind of obvious, but you cannot... Uh, You cannot skip this because it is crucial. Um, So if you look at Acts, uh, especially like Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit comes for the first time and dwells, the Pentecost, um, it's amazing to see every time there's mention of the Spirit, the mention of the Word comes shortly before or after that. Um, Because those who really long to to hear from the Spirit should be most acquainted with the Spirit's words, right? Like, how can you expect to hear from Him if you're like, I want to hear from you, but I want you to, you know, not speak to me through your words. Uh, that, like, you can't, how can you hear from him? Um, so it's foolishness to neglect the primary way he's given us to hear from him. Um, so the Bible is the spirit of God speaking to you. So you want to hear from the Holy Spirit? Then open up his book and expect him to speak to you. Um, so uh, I've, I've noticed, like, as I've even grown to memorize more scripture and read it more, um, you actually start to hear him more, as you know, more scripture, because when you're driving in the car and, uh, you know, you get frustrated with someone that cuts you off or whatever, um, you remember, like, okay, um, love is patient. Jesus was incredibly patient with me all the way to the end, so I can be patient uh, and not smash this guy's, um, you know, bumper right now. So, um, but it does help you, like, remember um, and and, uh, recount his words throughout the day. So, there's no such thing as a biblical Christian who's you know, like a big, big Bible guy without also being a big spirit guy, right? Or there's no such thing as a big spirit girl without uh, being a big spirit uh, or big Bible girl. I realized I shouldn't say anything about a big girl there. So um, that's tough, but uh, both Bible and spirit, um, that's what we want. So, um, but yeah, the more you know his words, the more you'll recognize his voice. Um, So practically, how do we hear from him? I mean, there's no substitute from just daily time and the word of God, which is crazy because that means day after day, when you open the Bible, you're opening to hear words from the living God. That's crazy. You know, like if, I mean, how honored or pumped you would be if, you know, Beyonce or LeBron James is like, let's get on a call tomorrow morning. I want to speak to you. You'd be like, that's freaking LeBron or like Beyonce. But the God of the universe says, I want to meet with you. Day after day, I want to speak to you, but you have to open my book to hear. Um, so we, we've we've got to do that. Um, but then also have a verse that you're memorizing, uh, praying back to God every day, like throughout the day. Um, I used to have in college like a rubber band, and I would write a verse on it. Uh, and then you know after it wore out um, over time, I would just write another different verse on there. But every time I looked at that, I would like you know say the verse, and it was I memorized a lot of scripture that way. Um, so. Uh, He speaks through his word, but also he speaks through his people. Uh, So we hear from him through his people. So the spirit doesn't just speak through his book, but also through the people that he dwells inside, right? Um, So I I think a, a key to this is actually recognizing that when you're talking to a brother or sister in Christ, and they're like praying over you or they're encouraging you or speaking something over you, that's not just like Cassidy's words, right, spoken over me, but that is actually like the spirit of God speaking through Cassidy to me, which is like incredible. So that means I'm expectant when I'm praying or hanging out with a brother or sister, because I'm like, I know that's not, it's not just Wes talking. That's like the spirit of God that could be talking to me in these moments. So what, what changes is your expectation and conversations. You're Like I'm not just expecting to have, have a Casual conversation. I'm expecting to meet the Spirit of God through this brother or sister right now. Um, so, uh, how do you do that? Well, um, I usually like before I go into any conversation. Kind of, I was talking about this morning. Um, I ask the Spirit to use that conversation to uh, both encourage and build me up, but also give me words to speak and encourage others. Uh, and the more you ask the Spirit to speak through you. The more you're going to be aware that he is speaking, and the more you're going to experience him speaking through you, right but there has to be that awareness and expectation um, and something also really practically, this is probably a great place to start. If it like you know it's kind of scary for you to uh, in a conversation over lunch, like um, pull out your Bible or something like that, a great place to start is in the morning after you spend time reading the word, ask the Holy Spirit okay, who do you want me to encourage with this word right now? Let Give a little space, let him share a name or, um, you know, something like that. And then um, after that, either text that brother or sister he calls, uh, he brings to mind, uh, or, you know, maybe you schedule a time to meet up with him after. But um, I, I've done this a lot of mornings, and it's amazing to see what God does through it. A lot of times, like, I've done it and they don't respond and that's fine. Right. I was faithful. Um, but I was literally just talking to a guy today, um, who I had texted him yesterday and he was like, it's crazy, man. You've texted me four times in the last couple months. And he said, every single time has been the morning after I've had one of like the darkest nights uh, of my life. Um, and I was like, man, that's all the spirit of God. Like I, I just asked him and he brought you to mind. And, um, so super, super cool to get to experience God in that way. Um, But that's a really practical way to do that. So, um, his people, and we're actually going to take some time to practice that a little bit uh, uh, near the end here. So, um, okay, the last one, and this is the one that, you know, probably you have the most questions about, but um, promptings and impressions. Okay, so his word, his people, and then promptings and impressions, right? So, the Holy Spirit is with you all throughout the day, not just when you open your Bible. That is, he is very present there. But he is also present when you're walking to class with someone. He's present when you're driving somewhere. He's present when you're in class. He's present when you're working out. Like, he is present at all times, always speaking. And the problem is not with his ability to speak. The problem is with our deafness to hear, right? Um, and so he's always speaking, uh, and he's with his people and leading them. But to hear him, we have to be the kind of people that say with uh, Samuel in 1 Samuel three ten, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And if you know that passage, it's crazy, because God had been speaking to him in dreams the whole night, but Samuel uh, had not been listening, right? He was like, what is going on here, right? Like, he's kind of tuning it out. And then finally, uh, someone comes to Samuel and says, hey, I think that's God. And so then Samuel says, okay, Lord, now I'm listening. Speak for your servant is listening. So we have to be the kind of people that say that. So what that means is it could be that random thought you have when you're driving somewhere about Jessica um, could not just be random. It could be that the Spirit of God wants you to give Jessica a call and say, hey, I just want you to know Jessica right now. Like, God is for you. I don't know what you're going through, but he loves you and he's with you and I'm for you. And is there anything I can pray for you for right now? Um, It could be nothing. And if so... You were faithful to God and praise him for it, and Jessica got encouraged that God loved her. But if it is something from the spirit of God, then you get to be a part of God supernaturally speaking to a sister in that way, uh, which is amazing, you know? Um, And I think if you read the New Testament without any kind of preconceived, like, belief or understanding coming into it, you would 100% be like, um, wow, these people are led by the spirit all day long. Uh, Not just when they open their Bible or at a church service, right? They don't silo the Spirit to these certain settings, like here or Bible study, but they're always aware of and expecting God to speak. Um, So in order to do that, we have to listen and obey. And the more we obey those promptings or impressions or even what we think could be, even if they're not, the more that we're sensitive to them. Um, And I, I would say with this too, like, don't be afraid to do something you feel I'm prompting you to do, Um, as long as, we're going to actually talk about how you can tell if it's from the Spirit, um, and it's not just like, you know, the spicy Chinese food you had or whatever, Um, but I'll I'll be real with you on this. Um, There are a lot of times where I've uh, thought it was like an impression or a prompting of the Spirit, and it just like failed miserably, and it definitely wasn't. (laughs) Um, Like, there have been times when I've, uh, obeyed his voice and uh and and nothing happened. You know, there's also times where I've I've chickened out and I haven't done it. Um and uh like if I'm real but like okay one example um I was uh at lunch with um with my mom a couple of months ago um, at this restaurant and uh the waiter seemed like really kind of uh like burdened and um so I really felt the spirit just what I thought was the spirit say like uh, hey, this this guy really is in a dark place. Like, needs encouragement. Um, and so, uh, when he came back, I was like, Hey, man, I just realized it. I, it seems like you know there's something going on in your life. Can I just like pray for you right now? And is there anything I can pray for? Um, I'd love for you to know that just God loves you and is for you. And the guy was like, I'm good, bro. I was just coming to give you some more coffee. <laughs> and I was like, All right, that's cool too. That's cool too. And my mom. I was like, well, that, that went well, you know, and uh, I was like, you know, what, mom, it actually did go well, because I was faithful to obey the Spirit, or what I thought was in that moment, and I never regret that. The times I regret are the times when I've chickened out, but every time I've obeyed the Spirit, even if nothing happens, at least I've said, like, man, I obeyed the God of the universe, and I want to live my life to serve God, not man, um, and so I would just say, like, you're, you're going to have times where you act on a prompting, and like, people look at you weird or whatever. Um, but the worst thing that could happen is someone says, I don't need that. Or, um, well, thanks for the encouragement, you know? Like, that's the worst thing that can happen. Uh, and so I would just say, take those risks. Um, and it's okay to fail a little bit uh, because, hey, uh, the Spirit, he, he gives more grace. And so um, so a, a big practice for that, too, is just creating space for prayer. Uh, it's really hard to hear from the Spirit if your life is so scheduled and busy and in the margin you do have, you're on your phone like the whole time. How can, especially if he does speak in a whisper sometimes, how can you hear from that if, if the noise of everything in the world is so loud in your ears? Um, so create space for that. So I've like, I, I uh, over COVID, got in the habit of going on prayer walks one or two times a day where I just um, walk, ask him to speak, speak scripture, pray for people. That's been really helpful. Or car rides, um, doing that has been helpful as well. Okay, so really quick, some barriers, and then we'll, uh, we'll spend some time praying over one another. So, um, <clears throat> hey, Phil, what time, what time is this? Over? Two? Okay, great, great, great. Um, all right, I'll roll these. So the first barrier that makes us hard from he- hearing the Spirit is, is comfort. Um, if we build our lives to be as in control as possible and as comfort as possible, we'll never experience the Spirit's help, comfort, or power, Right? We need the Holy Spirit, and to experience him as helper uh, means you have to step out into spaces where you need his help. If you're always doing things that you feel like are in your control and are comfortable, how can you experience his power and his help, you know? Um, So it's often those uncomfortable steps that the Spirit calls you to take and that you step out into that you get to experience his power, provision, uh, and presence. Um, I've, Seen this a lot. I think I shared this story a little while ago with some of you at City Project. But um, I had a neighbor one time who uh, m- me and my wife and my sister in law were eating lunch outside and we're just hanging out. And it was, I was just trying to chill, it had been like a long day. Um, and our neighbor, who uh, w- like every time. I've talked to her. It was, it was kind of awkward, like tough conversations. Maybe you know how those go. Um, so anyway, she walks by and I felt the spirit be like, Hey, she needs prayer. So I was like, uh, I don't really want to, don't feel like it, but I'll obey you. Holy spirit. So we, uh, just asked her how she was doing, asked if we could pray for her. She said, I haven't been sleeping at all. My baby has not slept more than like 30 minutes at night or something crazy like that for like weeks and weeks and weeks. So she hadn't gotten any sleep. And so, uh, we were like, well, let's pray for you. My wife prayed for her to um, sleep all the way through the night that night. And the next day, she texted us and said, I slept for eight hours last night, and my baby slept for eight hours, uh, and that's the most sleep we've gotten in, like, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, and that was a step of faith or risk where we got to see the Spirit's power. Um, and again, I say that story. Before that story, there's probably 10 or 20 more where I saw I didn't get to see those answer prayers, but that's okay because we're faithful so the Holy Spirit, that's our, our goal is to be faithful to him. Um, noise and distraction is a second barrier. So I was kind of talking about this, but we can't hear the voice of the Spirit if the noise of the world is so loud, it's drowning out his voice. Um, and I think sometimes we just miss out on hearing from him uh, because it's being drowned out by the constant voice of our phones or other people or, um, you know, whatever. So I think this is a huge one uh, for our, our culture. Uh, so it could be that the Spirit is leading you to talk to that person in line at Starbucks, uh, but because we're on our phone, like, we don't, we don't hear his uh, prompting. So um, we want to be the people that throughout the day say, speak, for your servant is listening. Um, the last one that um, I've also experienced a lot, um, honestly, and, and seen a lot too, is skepticism and a lack of expectancy. So a lot of this is rooted in some, like, in some truth, right? Because We've kind of seen abuse of the Holy Spirit, right, or manipulation surrounding things like tongues or prophecies or um, the prosperity gospel or a lot of things where we've seen the Holy Spirit almost manipulated to get people to do stuff. Um, But just because something has been done wrong doesn't mean we dismiss it altogether, right? Like we don't do that with evangelism because someone blew it one time sharing the gospel. Like, okay, we should never do that again, you know, or because someone preach a terrible sermon, you know, like, they, we should just ignore all preaching altogether, right? We don't do that in any other area, so why would we do that, um, you know, in terms of hearing from the Spirit and letting Him speak? So another uh, big factor in this is, honestly, we just think it's kind of weird, right? We're like, uh, some of this stuff is just weird, you know, like, prophecy or any like, it's just weird to me, and it seems uh, kind of uncomfortable, um, but just because something is weird does not mean that it's uh, unbiblical, Right? Um, we want to test everything by scripture, but there's some weird stuff in scripture. Like if I told you I had a dream about some skinny cows and some fat cows and they're like eating each other, some like corn and stuff, you'd be like, that is, you probably should just ignore that, you know? But that's a dream that God used to put Joseph basically in power to deliver, you know, a lot of the nation. Like it's crazy. Um, so test everything and let scripture be our guide. Um, so we need to be careful about that, um and uh, not to let something potentially being weird or uncomfortable hinder us from experiencing or expecting the Spirit to move. Um, And so those are kind of some big uh, barriers. But, um, okay, probably one of the bigger questions with this is, like, how do I know that it's the Holy Spirit that's actually speaking? So there's a few, like, simple questions you can kind of ask. um, Because what we want to do is, when you think about the Holy Spirit speaking, um, I think it's tempting to almost be like, uh, like cautious towards it, you know, and treat it like, uh, like caution tape. You know, if you think about that, like at a police scene, you see yellow caution tape. That signals stay as far away from possible, right? Um, the Bible never tells us to be cautious around the Holy Spirit. He tells us to, it tells us to discern, right? So be wise and discern. That's different. Discernment says, yes, engage in it, but be wise. Caution says, just stay away from it. Um, So we want to be discerning when we think about the Holy Spirit speaking. Um, In 1 John 4, 1, 1 Thessalonians 5, they talk about uh, testing. to see if it's false spirits or testing every prophecy against the word of God. Um, So discernment, what it really means is we don't assume every spiritual manifestation, right? Meaning like any way that the spirit could speak, whether that's through a dream, whether that's a a prophetic word someone um, shares with you, uh, whether that's uh, an encouragement or just a random thought someone has of you, like every spiritual manifestation we see or hear, we we don't assume that it's demonic or fabricated, but also we don't assume that every spiritual manifestation is genuine and from the spirit, right? We have to do both. Uh, So here's how we ask these, uh, here's how we discern, right? We ask these questions. Um, So the first question to ask to determine, is this from the spirit, is does it align with God's will revealed in the authoritative scriptures? So Does this line up with what the rest of the word of God says? Um, The next is the spirit always gives, um, the spirit gives gifts members for building up the body. So does this actually build up uh, and encourage my brother or sister? Or will it instill like fear or confusion in them? It's an important thing to think through. Uh, The spirit always glorifies Jesus. So is this increasing my affections toward, adoration of, and conformity to Jesus and the last, the Spirit always bears godly fruit. So will doing this lead me to bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, all the fruits of the Spirit? Um, so instead of assuming a spiritual manifestation or like anything we hear from the Spirit is authentic, ask first, and then instead of, instead of despising them uh, as a threat, then discern, right? So practice discernment with expectancy and an open Bible, and the Spirit will train you to recognize His power and presence at work. So, Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to give a little space for the Spirit of God to speak to you right now. Um, These last 15, 20 minutes or so that we have. Um, And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to pair up. um, So you can pair up, like, with the person next to you. If you have to do three people, okay, but I would prefer you to do two so that you can really have some space and time to um, just encourage and and pray over one another. So try to get in pairs. And then uh, here's here's what to do. So I think, um, put them up. Oh, that's kind of small. If you have bad eyes, uh, you can just come and get really close and, or take a picture and zoom in. Phones these days. Uh, so step one, um, ask this brother or sister where they need prayer. It doesn't, this doesn't have to be like this super mystical thing where like, you know, I can't just ask them where they need prayer, right? You just ask them uh, and you can pray for that. But then second, we don't want to just stop there though. We want to ask the spirit um, for specific like encouragement, scripture, words, insight, pictures, like anything to speak and encourage this brother, okay? So what the Spirit could give you in those moments is when you ask him, Holy Spirit, speak to me right now to encourage and build up my brother or sister. He could give you uh, some passages of Scripture to turn to. Um, he could even, he could give you like specific words. Like one time, uh, something really hard had just happened um, with, with my family, with my dad, uh, and um, the next day I was praying with some guys, um, and I hadn't even really share with anyone much of what had happened, Uh, and this guy that was praying with me said, hey man, as I was just praying for you, I sensed like the word father, Um, and I don't know if that means anything to you, it could be stuff with your dad, or I know you're a father now, Um, and it was so cool in the moment, because I was like, this is amazing, the spirit of God spoke to him to encourage me with all that's going on with my dad right now, Um, and so that was really, uh, I mean, yeah, just really cool, so um, it could be a a word, picture, anything, um, but then step three here is discern. So not everything that comes to your mind in those moments, you, you probably should share, you know, with that person. Um, so really discern, like, is this going to be helpful and run it through those, those questions. Um, so for example, if, you're, if you ask, Holy Spirit, give me words to encourage this person, and like a, that person dying in a car crash comes to your mind, right? Uh, it probably would not be super helpful for you to then say, hey, brother, um, I got this image of you dying in a car crash. Uh, drive safe today, you know, or something like that. Um, instead, like, you don't want to dismiss it. It could be that, you know, um, you could pray over them and, man, pray, God, help this brother or sister set their mind on eternity, you know? Like, you could pray that, um, and maybe that's what it is. But be discerning because you don't want your words to instill fear or confusion, right? So if you're not, if it, if it could be, like, confusing or instill fear or anything that's not the fruit of the Spirit— then that's something that maybe he, the Spirit is calling you to pray for that person privately, but that doesn't mean you have to share it with him. One time, there's this guy that, as I was praying, uh, the, the Spirit brought to mind like every time I prayed for him, like uh, basically there's just some like darkness and like some dark sin in his life that he needs to bring to light. He hadn't said anything that made me think that, so that would be incredibly confusing if I came up to him and was like, "Hey, man, there's like some dark sin and you need to share that with me right now." Um, The reason that would be helpful is, like, if someone told that to me, I'm sure I could get down deep enough to be like, wait, where? what is happening, you know? Um, So I I think it could instill fear and confusion. So instead what I did was for, like, a month, I just prayed for this brother, like, pretty consistently, that if there is any kind of deep, dark sin in his life, that it would come to light. And uh, what's pretty crazy is, like, about a month later, we were were hanging out one night, and he shared that uh, there actually was um, this... Thing going on in his life uh, that he hadn't really shared with anyone, and he felt like he needed to share it with us that night. Um, So it's crazy because I didn't need to share it with him, but I did need to pray it for him. Um, So that doesn't mean you have to uh, share it with him if you hear it. So running through that test. And then step four is is just speak or pray it over this brother or sister. So you could um, pray over them what you sense the Spirit telling you, or you could speak it, right? Like, hey, I feel like the Spirit was really just telling me right now. that you are gifted as a, uh, as a compassionate um, counselor or something like that. Like I can see God using that gift that you have of both compassion and wisdom to build up people. So step into that gift in this next season. You know, like you could speak that over them or you could pray over them as well. So um, those are just a few kind of things to have in mind there. Um, and uh, yeah, with that, don't be afraid to share something that seems random or could be wrong. Um, we want to be discerning, but not fearful and wise, but also expectant. So, um, let's just, uh, take last few minutes here, probably about 15 minutes and pray over one another. And if you guys can pair up, um, let's do that. We'll we'll play some, uh, some nice music to set the mood here. But, um, yeah, you guys pair up, do that and we'll gather back together in a little bit. Actually, you know what? Let me pray for this time. Um, and, uh. Let me pray, and then we can dive in. Holy Spirit, we know that you are speaking to, um, you're speaking to us all the time, so give us ears to hear right now. Um, God, may we be like Samuel uh, that, that says, speak, for your servant is listening. And God, would you use in this moment the words that we speak over one another and pray over one another um, God, would you use that to build us up and strengthen us in you? And what we experience, what we really experience, that you are actually here and speaking right now in these moments. If there's anyone that's fearful or um, got unsure of what to do, would you just comfort them with knowing that you're a gracious, good God, and you're a patient, um, God, you're so patient with us, and so would they just trust that, God, we have nothing to fear because we have you living in us, leading us and guiding us. So lead this time. Hear me pray. Amen. All right. I'll close this out in like 15 minutes or so. Prayers right now for us, and we are so thankful for that. And God, I pray that everyone in this room right now would leave here knowing that you are present, that you are speaking, and even when we don't, um, when we're discouraged because we feel like we don't hear from you as much as we would want to hear or we're not sure if we heard anything in these moments except for just empty space or random thoughts. God, that we know the truth of your word, that you dwell with us, and that, God, you are always speaking, and so, God, help us to follow you, Holy Spirit, um, God, to listen to you and to have ears to hear um, and to keep pressing on, uh, being aware and expectant uh, of your voice to speak and your power to move. Let me pray, amen. Um, So you guys are uh, actually gonna have some time, like, a lot of free time, but if you want to stay and keep praying, if that wasn't enough time, I know it wasn't a ton of time, then you're welcome to continue, um, hang out in here, keep praying. But, um, so hopefully this time was encouraging. I, I forgot to say this, but when you um, do this with a brother or sister or you know discipleship group or whatever, make sure to leave time. Like ask, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say over this brother or sister? Leave a little space for silence. I know it's kind of uncomfortable, but that allows the Spirit to really speak in that. And press on in this. That's what I would say. Uh, when you first do this, you're probably going to be like, all I can think about was that like, TV show I, last, I watched last night, and I don't even know if that was relevant at all. You know like that's OK. Um, this takes like any fruit of the spirit. Fruit grows slow. Uh, it takes time. And so just keep this up, and I promise you, in, in 10 years of doing this somewhat consistently, man, you will have an ear that is more tuned to hear his voice. But that takes time, right? Like learning any kind of language almost. It takes time. And so it's going to take time to tune your ear. Uh, to hear him, so don't be discouraged. Press on in this. The Spirit is speaking, uh, and we just need to continue to train our ears to hear from Him. So, thank you guys for uh, coming. So, a few quick announcements. Um, uh, there's actually like a like a prayer room in the annex right over there. If you just want to spend your free time like journaling or um, praying or anything like that, there's just some space to do that in there. Um, there's also the NC State UNC basketball game uh, right in there, and students what is that, B, A, something, right across the hall. And there's some snackies up in there and uh, I think waters and stuff like that. Uh, And then be back here at 745, doors open. uh, And so we will see you guys then. Thanks for coming.